On this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast, forget Netflix and chill. We're here for bunkers and books. And the boys are reminded of a fact. The Old West smells. Get ready for the drop of Liz and Diana's newest album. It's Whale Sounds. Let's do this. Welcome to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. I'm Diana. And I'm Liz, who is totally prepared for this, as is Diana. And Totally. Totally. And we're very sorry. We're very sorry there is a week off. We meant to mention it in our last episode, but and we, forgot. we forgot. So there is a week off. Surprise! We're back. Surprise. But we're back. It's okay. We're back. Was it a nice break? Hopefully you got caught up on all of our YouTube. Right? Did you go watch our YouTubes? I've been looking at our YouTube counts. You did not. Um, I even I released a new thing this week, like just because I have to move, so I am catching up on a bunch of shit. Expect a ton of YouTube videos to come out over the next month as Liz does not want to pack. So uh so if you go last week and go find there's a new lore edition on um Oh God, what was her name? It was Carol Compton, the superstitious witch. I used over a hundred gifts in that video. So That's a lot of gifts. It was a lot of gifts. <laughs> so I uh, go catch up on our YouTube. So um okay. we took that week off because I uh it was Memorial Day weekend and I went to go to punk rock bowling. Which I think for like at this point, and um, okay. Punk rock festivals tend to be targeting an audience, which is my age and older. I'm fine with this because I am of that audience. Um, that, however, means a lot of the bands that are playing have some older gentlemen. I saw so many grandpas grab their dicks on stage this weekend. Like, it was a little disconcerting. Like, okay, so we, we've always, I think we've discussed, like, how leaving, we're concerned for you. But I saw him. Saw him grab his dick. I saw Mike from Suicidal Tendencies grab his dick. Well, he's kind of does that, isn't that That's kind of his thing. But it was also was worse. Like on my flight, the back my, my flight back to Austin, I am in this row with a couple that could look like a normal mom and dad couple, and they they look at me and like, okay, guys, it's pretty obvious I went to punk rock bowling. They're, we can't like. If you were on the plane from Vegas and you looked at me, you would go, she went to punk rock bowling. So they yeah. turned to me and they go, did you go to punk rock bowling? And I said, yes, I did. And they're like, well, you're probably the only last person that would appreciate this. And they take out a picture of Mike from Suicidal Tennessee's uh, with with uh, her husband or the man you know I was the plane with. And I was like, that is huh. awesome. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, so I'm grabbing a stick. Yeah, I mean, a lot of dick grabbing. This is like so grabbing. many old men on stage, just so much, so much dick grabbing. So punk rock, yeah. Although like uh, L Seven played, uh, like I did not see them grab their pussies, but um, I was kind of thinking it's like there was so, so punk rock bowling. If you don't know, and don't flood this with your kids next year, uh, it's like at least as of now, it's free for kids under eight, right? So if you're a parent and you have a kid, and this is the experience you want to take them to some really hot weekend in Las Vegas. Uh-uh. You can. Gross. It was free. Yeah. Uh, but I can just imagine like these children like watching this and just being like, it's just a bunch of grandpas dragging their dicks in this one old lady band. I'll <laughs> <laughs> seven, oh. you're not an old lady band. Although like I, I saw like a bunch of like uh, like kinetic tape on like people like with people's arms that were playing. I'm like, oh, we're all old and we need like help as we play stuff. But that means they're taking care of themselves. They are. Great. Good for them. Yes, they are. So what have you been up to? Um, I went and saw an amazing local artist while um, you were at Punk Rock Bowling, uh, local to Texas, um, Dallas-Fort Worth area, named Angel White, and he put on a phenomenal show. And the same night, my little brother came to visit and as a surprise, surprise, which was super cool because he lives uh, on the <laughs> East Coast um, and uh, he's in the military. So, yeah. I got to see the ship come in not long ago. I think I talked about that. Bless you. <laughs> um, 
but uh yeah so i got a surprise from surprise visit which is always exciting to have you know an out-of-town family member surprise you and hang out and then um then i had to go on a, a trip to see some family for um a, a memorial for a family member so that's where our travel overlapped uh and we were unable to have a show for you last week yeah, there you go. We're back. one of them was sort of fun, and one of them was punk rock bowling. All right, so there you go. <laughs> there you go. All right, so um, one thing, just kind of show note wise, I mean, I guess supernatural worldwide, before we get into this. So um, mm, it is official. I, I know the Winchesters are kaput. Uh, Jensen Ackles has put forth, I would say, a formal statement, but he put forth a you know a tweet. So I guess this is formal as you need to get. Um, yeah. And he's basically said to all of you who watched, followed, and supported the story, thank you, and to all of those who brought this show to life. I couldn't be more proud of what we did together. But as they say, timing is everything. With a massive network shift coupled with an industry strike, welp, that's some unfortunate timing. Sleep well, dear, at Winchester's on CW until we meet again somewhere down the road. So, I basically, that's it. SPN is over. But it's not over here, as I tweeted. We have, as I snort, and like, I love you, you know, everyone likes listening to me, like, snorting up my snot right now. But (laughs) we are only on season six, episode 18. So, Uh we have... Seven more seasons to go and yeah. a season of the Winchesters. And maybe by then we'll have new content. We don't know. Who knows? Who knows? So this is Frontierland. Yeehaw. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason is Diana and I could have shoved this episode in, but it would have been a lot of stress on our stress on our point. And I just said that I wanted this to have like the gravitas the notice like the time that it deserved because this episode's fucking episode. amazing yeah it really is i agree now i know why you wanted to make sure we could, didn't just like rush it and force it yep so this was season six episode <laughs> 18 it first aired april 22nd 2011 so that was earth day um weird no earth day references in this but okay it was directed by guy norman b who we talked about recently and our favorite our favorite not our favorite but one of our favorite duos uh davin laughlin did the story for this along with jackson stewart who i'm sure has a story in here but i did not grab i did find my supernatural reference book so that Yay. is all back in so you don't have to worry about that anymore phew Woo-hoo. it was underneath so a pile of clothes in my bedroom as it should have been <laughs> So, did you watch the oh. recap on this one? Yeah, it was on. Um, so I saw. I watched that. Mm-hmm. You're like, I have. I no usually do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, some things of note that are in like the recap, I think that like kind of lead us into is like we have like there is a hundred squares mile of Devil's Trap, which then of course oh, I yeah. noticed that because that was you know Devil's Trap. That's what we are in Twelve Sharp Podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, they yeah, were totally that, shouting yeah. out to the show. That is exactly what that recap was about. That was Absolutely. in the future. But we're going to go in the past, uh, though. We're going in the past. We the do. future to the past. Yeah, our episode, the episode actually starts in uh, Sunrise, Wyoming. We got like the super old west town, and it's like all sepia looking. And there's two. And cowboys. the date says March 5th, 1861. So we know we are yeah. far back. So we actually tell for us. For sure. We're, in the, we're back in the olden days. Or something um and there's two cowboys about to duel that was and then we realize yeah there you go and then you realize one of them is <gasps> what and he's got a sheriff badge on <gasps> and then we've got the clock striking <gasps> and we've got gunshots <gasps> and then our we get a really cool intro of it's supernatural and it's a uh it's a map burning yeah after as, there's as a, a whip sound too and i am just as i I didn't say I went You're to gasping, Vegas, so gonna like okay? I'm gonna like keep gasping for air because I I came back from <laughs> Vegas sick. So don't keep breathing, keep breathing. It's important. It's okay. It's fine. Um, yeah. So super cool intro, and then we got to um, Sam, Bobby, and Dean. Forty eight hours earlier and a hundred and fifty years later. Time travel is stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are searching an old house um, 
where Sam finds the trap door to the Campbell family library. And that's where you see Liz just gushes a little bit. She's just like, oh my God, there's there's a bunker underground and it's filled with books. Oh shit, do we find things that I really like? Yeah, we did. We did. Yes. Yeah. Bun- bunkers full of books. Ways to Liz's heart. Um, so they're looking around do and we've got a bunch of like, old... like, like Do you want to like bunker and book? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Fuck Netflix and chill. You want bunker and book. <laughs> Oh, uh, so looking around at photo, like, oh, there's like photos. Bobby's telling them they need to be looking for anything that will put a run in the Octomom's stockings. Which hmm. could date this, right? Do you remember the Octomom? I do. Do you want to explain to our audience, maybe a millennial who does not, what the Octomom yeah, was? I mean, like, I mean, basically, it was a woman who did a, I mean, if I recall correctly, she had um, an artificial Yeah, she took a bunch of fertility pills and she popped out a bunch of kids. It, well, she had, she had eight, she had octuplets. Yeah, she had octuplets. Oh, Which is very exceptionally uncommon to happen naturally for a human. What? We don't normally pop out eight children? No. No. It's usually like one, two tops, maybe three if, if it's getting real crazy. So it's pretty... So, I mean, not that people don't have more yeah. sometimes, but eight's a lot. Like, and then she, like, kind of made a social media thing, and then it was kind of real weird, and then she kind of disappeared. Well, this is also the time, I think, where TLC was just farting, farting just starting Sorry. to, like, take off. I, and maybe TLC may be in my mind. You just watch, like, the new documentary on the Duggars. Woo. But I feel like this I was, like, the, kind of that same time, that era of just, like, oh, we're just going to put horrible human tragic stories on television for her own amusement they still do that <laughs> they still do that um, well it's just sexier now like you know nobody yeah. got a rose then you just got eight kids i don't know either way so that's talked to mom but i thought it was a pretty funny reference so it's like oh not funny like it was just an interesting reference it so was, was a like, good oh, reference sure. you can say funny it's mm-hmm. fine oh, it was the line is funny that's for sure. So anyway, so they're searching through books and researching and uh, Bobby asks what uh, Dean knows about Phoenix. And he replies another, it's probably also dating a little bit. He's like river walking or a giant flaming bird. See, and if you also want to watch some great other trash TV, go watch the shit about, about the Viper Room and what happened to River Phoenix. Like, that's also really great. So I love this reference. But he didn't. He mm-hmm. could have brought in Fox, right? So we didn't get a Hogwarts reference. That could have been a thing, no. but that didn't happen. Yeah. Nope. But basically, they found that the ashes of a phoenix can burn mother. Mother! But even Bobby thought that freaking phoenixes are a myth. So now they've got to dig deeper. And Dean finds this really interesting journal that says um, that somebody's writing about using the the colt to shoot a phoenix in Wyoming in the 1800s. It's Samuel Colt's journal. It is. It is. And they fanboy. Sam is so jealous. Yeah. And you know he is, because I also like I, I feel Sam's shoes. I'm like, what the fuck? So and also Samuel Cole's gen- journal just has like I'm very excited right now. Like it just has like this fucking like it's got a pangram in the front of it. And it's just like that. Ah, there's like there's like, a goat on it. Leather, like maybe embossed yeah, Baphomet maybe journal. on it. Like it's just like, ah, this is my journal. I'm like, what? And he was and Sam's like, How'd you find this in here? But also like Sam should have known, like, did old Sam, like, know this was here and, like, was too cool for this? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. So, there we go. Um, but there's not any details about the phoenix in the story. So, he's like, look, well, now we know, at least in March 5th of 1861, in Sunrise, Wyoming, mm, we can find a, you know, we can find phoenix ashes. Let's Star Trek for this bitch. And Bobby says that he was only a fan of Deep Space Nine. So now we've got our Star Trek references. So for reference, Star Trek Four, it was the Voyage Home came Save out in the 1986, whales. and that's uh, Captain Kirk and the crew went Wait, back in time. 1986. 86. Okay, yeah, because I saw, I did see uh, I saw this in the theater. <laughs> 
So Captain Kirk and the crew had to go back in time to San Francisco, 1986. So it took, they went back to the actual year of the movie. So it's kind of clever to uh, retrieve a humpback whale because that's the only thing that could communicate with the um, aliens that, wanted to, that were probing Earth. That's not, is that your, that's your humpback whale sound? We should not be doing whale noises. I'm just going to file that away. <laughs> Whale, Liz and Diana's whale songs. <laughs> the album that should never be made. That's coming out. Hey, man, I've got a lot of sh- I've got some furniture to pay for. So yeah. Oh my god. Uh, all right. So there's your there's your trekkie trekkie notes for the day. Uh, Deep Space Nine wasn't bad either. It was pretty good. Um, but I was more of a next generation. Yeah, I'm just not really a Star Trek person. Like, I went and, like, I saw Star Trek movies with my mom because I've always, like, pretty much until my mom wants to do anything, I'll just go do it, right? And she always Star Trek. Yeah. And I remember liking the Save the Whales movie. It was pleasant. So, like, yeah, I mean, Save the Whales. Mm-hmm. You're not going to make me mad at that. So, there's no fucking worm in this one. Like, nothing's crawling in your ear. I'm much more a fan. Yeah. Well, Bobby's shocked and pretty pretty surprised that time travel is the reasonable suggestion that Dean's got to collect these ashes. So Dean's like, well, yeah, we'll just call Castiel. And, but instead of Castiel showing up when he calls to him, Rachel arrives. Rachel. Angel. Yeah. Rachel. Yeah. Rachel's she, kind of a bitch. She's kind of a bitch. She's like, um, sorry, Castiel's busy commanding an army. You need to learn your fucking place. Yeah, if you're really his friend, maybe instead of just calling when you need something, you could, like, check on him sometimes. But I also get Rachel. I have been Rachel. Like, you know, like, where your friend, like, she's a bitch, but I'm also, like, she's fucking right. And she's protecting her friend. Like, you know, like, when you have, like, that one friend, when they have their other friends that aren't your friends, you're like, I see what you're doing. You're fucking with her. I don't like it. Stop uh, it. Be nice. So, like, she's yeah. just, like, on Cass's side. And she's, like, he's commanding an army. And then he just, uh, he ruins it because he flaps in. Yeah, Cass, Cass shows up, dismisses her, and then's like, yeah, I know she's my friend and she's one of my lieutenants, but she's just, like, super committed to the cause. So, sorry. And... Obviously, we cut to um, Bobby and Sam prepping weapons and things while they're asking where Dean is. So I guess Castiel agreed. So he's like, Cass is like, yeah, you've got 24 hours to make your plan happen. That That's all there is to it. And Sam's like, that seems really fucking short. I don't know. It seems pretty reasonable to me. I was like, 24 hours? Okay. I mean, like, you are sending them back 150 years yeah. in time. I feel like that's pretty reasonable. But I mean, also, like, that but, is, you know, that's... I don't know. I mean, how much time do you need in the Old West? I don't know. Right? It seems really sketch. I don't plan. And we get to some of that. <laughs> so, but Cassiel's like, yeah, the further back I send you, the harder it is to retrieve you, the longer you're there, basically. And so, but who walks in? Dean. And Dean went fucking shopping. He did. At the Western stores. And I'm a little jealous, but I'm mean, kind of in there like some Western vibe in, in goth cowgirl yep. vibes but, but sam was- like righteously points out that i can wear what i'm wearing and he honestly could because he's just in a pearl snap with jeans and boots and probably like i've hung out with cowboys i have a lot of photographs of my family being cowboys for many many yeah. years that would be fine yeah i mean there's a lot of modern elements to it but it would probably be fine but he is dean is just fucking stoked and so while Bobby continues packing guns and now piles of gold, uh, Sam walks in. He's got a very, very crisp white Western shirt with a lot of embroidery and a giant shiny belt buckle. Yep, like he won something but didn't. We also learned during this that Dean can recite all of Clint Eastwood's movies, including the ones with the monkey. Mm, Clyde, right? Especially the ones with the monkey. His name is Clyde. Yeah. So... Dean walks in and he is just super proud of himself. And he's got on a, like a poncho. He just calls it a serape, which that's the type of fabric, but it's a poncho, right? It's a poncho, but it's, he calls it a serape. I don't know. Whatever. It's weird. But, and he's got, you know, a hat and he's he's got this black shirt and a bolo. It's just a lot. He definitely looks like he's just from. Yeah. And we're definitely getting a lot of back to the future three 
right? Three vibes yeah. throughout this. Like there's a lot of references to it. So there's kind of riding on that, on that train too. Not mad at it. No. And so cast time bumps, a uh, time boops, them. Boop, boop. And then boop to Wyoming. Yep. Uh, and he's like, you know, tells Bobby, yeah, just pray for me in 24 hours and I'll return and get the broom back. It sounds, uh, it sounds easy. Sounds easy. Simple. So, yeah. We're in the Super old easy. West. Woo. We are. And it's March 4th, 1861. And as right as they appear, they get the pleasure of watching a guy get hung. Well, first Sam steps in horseshit because that's authenticity, well, which is true. And yeah. so the guy being hung, there is a judge reading his death sentence. And he's mm -hmm. very ominously saying, you're going to burn for this, every one of you. The guy being hung, not the judge. But I would also mm -hmm. would like, you're going to burn for this, every one of you, to be on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> that's really fucking dark wouldn't that be great though like every time like oh. somebody walks up it's like you're gonna burn for what that's I love awful it. i love I don't it like it yep no uh so yeah and he's he's mouthing off and then they hang him and yeah it's sad but he's wearing like weird like leather gloves too i don't know um they go see the sheriff because they're going to do like their normal routine. Like, well, when we go to work a case, we like go like yeah. talk to the police and blah, blah. That's what we do. Uh, and uh, this sheriff is not impressed with them, even though. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say before we get to their names, like, I just like, God, it would just be so easy to impersonate. Like, so you seriously could just like get this badge printed up. And I could just walk into a town and be like, I'm a marshal. I mean, I guess I'm a woman, yeah. so I couldn't. But like, so like, I'm a marshal, and I'm looking for John Stout, like whatever his name is, and they will just like give me him. Yeah, yeah. Apparently so. <sighs> good times, good times. Well, of course, Dean introduces himself as Marshall Eastwood, and introduces Sam as Walker, Texas Ranger. What? No, ah, no, that is. No. The amazing explodes. so good so good amazing very happy about this and then we all just have this wormhole where jerry padalecki is walker texas ranger becomes sam and supernatural is walker texas ranger and he just like goes and this is where the universe went off balance and now we've been sitting here to fix it and if Whoa. we fix this we can go back to 2016 <gasps> oh this would be nice this is where everything went wrong. Hmm. <sighs> oh man. So uh they're asking they start asking about they're asking around about Samuel Colt. That's their plan. And the judge makes fun of both of them for being too clean. And then they direct them. They're like, no, no we don't no, know. No, but no, no. The judge does not make fun of them for being too clean. What happens what is was it was was is. <laughs> is <laughs> what happened was what, what happened was sam says they are looking for a man and judge mortimer says i bet you are nice shirt Burn! Burn! well so they get sent to go meet with elkins at the saloon because elkins knows everybody yes and also think back to daniel elkins uh, is it tie-in i don't know Shh. Ooh. Ooh. so dean is stoked to go into the saloon and then as soon as they walk in he's very disappointed because basically there's like one dirty passed out dude on a table and then there's the bartender it's pretty much like where you want to go find a good bar like you're like i'm in a terrible town i want to go find a good dive bar and then you walk in you see the dive bar and you're like oh yeah it's a dive bar <laughs> But he's but he gets to the bar and he's excited now again and he gets motivated and he wants to order a uh, top shelf whiskey which he's promptly told they only have one shelf, uh, but so he gets a whiskey for himself and a sarsaparilla for uh, Sam. Yeah, and I'm on Sam with this one. So yeah, sarsaparilla's not bad. But anyways, uh, so the Elkins, their barkeep, tells them that. Colt has been working on this train station thing for like 20 miles out of town for like, and he doesn't understand why because there's nothing out there. It's in the middle of nowhere. But we know that this is all part of the devil's game that he's been 
He's making devil's traps. Devil's traps. Mm -hmm. Then we get a saloon girl. Darla. Darla. So Darla comes down the stairs and comes over to greet them. And Dean was probably, has probably romanticized the, his vision. Yeah, what whores in the Old West look like. Correct. And it was not what he found in Darla, who was probably a lovely woman, but was in an era where dental hygiene and other types of hygiene were not a priority. The girl had herpes. She either had herpes in the mouth or she had syphilis. And they're all around her mouth and she really wants to give him a kiss. But I also think like, hey, come on. Like even back, like at that point, like I've read newspapers. Like you don't want to me- like make out with the herpes girl. Like they'll still be like, she's she would be in the back. Yeah, not not being one of the best. She's not Darla. is not your best girl. No, you're the second hand. But but the judge doesn't care. He is ready. He's got his date with Darla. He arrives just then, uh, and so him and Darla leave. And then Dean decides to take a sip of that whiskey that he hadn't touched yet. Spits it everywhere. That's <laughs> like ga- like gasoline, which I'm sure it fucking was. Yeah, it probably was. I mean, it's just something that's made out of somebody's soul. But sarsaparilla, it's not bad. Not bad. I think I've ordered that. Like, I think they have it at some of the places in like the stockyards. Yeah, uh, they do. I, I actually know they they do. But also, if you go into old timey like ghost towns, like we'll take Diana yeah, to one day. Um, we'll go spend the night there. And uh, yeah, so they get a hospital. It's not that bad. But all of a sudden, they hear Darla scream. Ah! Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we see a Darla's looking past her the judge. And we see a, a man of some kind, and he puts a hand on the judge's shoulder, and the judge burns to ash. We can see it's Elias. We can see it was a guy that was before. Like, I guess I've right. seen it enough. Well, I, I saw him, but it wasn't. It yeah. was like. I've seen enough. You know, that I he looks a little different but with a noose but, around his neck. So he burns on the judge with his hand. Ah! Burn! He burns. And as, as you would expect, Darla's pretty freaked the fuck out. Reasonable response. And um, Sam and Dean rush in, and then the sheriff joins them. And Darla's like, "Look, it was a ghost." And they're uh, just like, "All they have are ashes, right?" The judge is just yeah. some fucking ashes, just ashes and some bones. And the sheriff's like, "Uh, ghosts don't leave footprints, and there's boot prints." How do you know, sheriff? That's what I want to know. How do you know they don't leave footprints? No. So Darla insists that it was Elias Finch. So we—that's the guy that was hung, like we said. So. Um, and sheriff's like, oh, well, this is just a, you know, this is just a, a botched hanging then it happens, which it did happen occasionally, which is real dark. It is dark, um, yeah. And, See, and it happened like, all the all right. time where I just hang him and they ain't dead and we just buried him anyways. This yeah, happens so, like every Tuesday. Uh, right? So, uh, he's going to form a posse in the morning <laughs> to find Finch and hang him or hang him again and shoot him. Everybody loves a posse. But then he also tells Sam and Dean that they can join up with Posse, but they have to go get some real gear, a.k.a. buy new clothes. <sighs> so, Sam and Dean know better, though, and they're like, we should probably go check out this grave and see what's, like, going on here, because it's something. And, and Dean Grace is what we do. Yeah, that's that's our that's our jam. So, they go, and there's, the grave has obviously been dug up, and there's some, like, carbony, burny residue. <laughs> dug up it's been escaped from escaped from it well the the grave is not sealed it is not sealed there's no longer it is a hole uh there and so now we have the new theory that maybe the phoenix isn't a bird at all (gasps) oh so dean's like all right sam you go get the colt from samuel colt i will stay back with the posse why because now we get a series of posse jokes from. So why does Dean want to stay with the posse? Because he's a posse magnet. And why else? I'll let you. Because he loves one. posse. I love posse. <sighs> All right. So Sam is going to get on a horse, ride him, cowboy. And apparently, in this land, uh, Sam Winchester has never had horse riding lessons. Yeah. But he's got to be back. He's got to ride this horse really fast, find Colt, 
get the cult or or the, the person and or the the gun and then be back by 11 a.m. Sure, seems easy. Sure. So, uh, yeah, we see um, Elias is now stalking our sheriff, though, at night. And uh, the sheriff's going to try to shoot Elias repeatedly. But it doesn't do anything because Elias is impervious to his bullets. And then uh, Elias tells him to tell the judge how I'm touches him and he burns up. Yeah, so the sheriff apologizes. Like, oh, please don't hurt me. And Elias is like, tell it to the judge. And we get another, ooh, burn. But speaking of... It's funny that burn is I the know, thing. Burn is the thing. But speaking of burns. We're talking about some burns. Floor. And we're going to talk about some people who are burned alive. And that's mainly because I was like, oh, I can talk about the Phoenix on this. But you know what? Phoenixes are fucking boring. Pretty much is like, I'm a bird. I've got like some red feathers and they're purple sometimes. And then like, I live for 500 years and then I die. And then I like, we know the story. Like the only like interesting thing within like lore, like I really found about phoenixes is like sometimes they're a fucking worm, and like sometimes people like they get upset. Like so basically, like when they die, like they come back as like a worm, and that worm turns into a bird. Like that's the most interesting thing hmm. I found. And well, also like phoenixes are everywhere. That is kind of cool. Like no matter what culture you're in, like age, like like Western, Eastern, like african whatever there's always some version of a bird that like catches fire and like regenerates itself so always having this idea of like um well it gets pulled into like christianity other things too just like the idea of like the the death rebirth cycle the thing yeah yeah but that's not what's interesting what's interesting are people who spontaneously combust um or at least like people who like you were found find piles of ashes right so this may have happened to one of the two people I'm about to tell you about. For what is real, and the other I made up along with my good friend ChatGPT. All hail our new AI overlords. So it's once again time for Diana versus AI. You shall win, Miss mm. Diana. I'm going to tell you two tales. Okay. One of these tales is real. One of these tales is not real. Which one is the facts? Your first tale. In 1731, a clergyman named Giuseppe Bianchini reported the story of the Countess Cornelia Bondi. The Countess was in her 62nd year when she was put to bed by her maid after she fell ill at dinner. The next morning when her maid went to wake her, she was met with an impenetrable door. So the maid went out and climbed in through a window because that's just what you could do at that time. And she found, and four feet from the bed was a heap of ashes, two legs untouched from the foot to the knee with her stockings on. Between them was a lady's head, whose brains, half of the black part of the skull, and the whole ten were burnt to ashes. Amongst us were found three fingers blackened, like they had ordered chicken at Popeye's. Sorry, that was on the menu that I ordered from Popeye's today. Alas. All right. So the rest of her was ashes. The bed received no damage. The blankets and the sheets were only raised on one side, as when a person rises up from it or goes in. Spread all over the bed was a moist and ash-colored soot, and that had even penetrated the linen in the chest of drawers. The fire did not spread to anything else in the chamber. Father Bianchini concluded that the fire came from inside the woman. The fire was caused in the entrails of the body by inflamed effluvia of her blood, by juices and fermentations in the stomach, by the many combustible matters which are abundant in living bodies for the uses of life. And finally, hmm. by the fiery evaporations which exhale from the settlings of wine, brandies, and other hot liquors or fat membranes. Wow. So that was our first story. All right. Okay. There's only two. There's only two. Okay. That one, this one. All right. 
In the city of Siena, Siena, Tuscany, during the 14th century, a woman named Caterina Binicasa was born on March 25th, 1347. She was born as the youngest of 25 children in a lower middle class family. Tragically, most of her siblings did not survive childhood because of statistics. At an early age, Catherine consecrated herself to Christ and experienced profound mystical visions. She was drawn to a life of piety and devotion and became a tertiary of the Dominican order, joining the Sisters of Penitence of St. Dominica in Siena. Her unwavering commitment to holiness and asceticism quickly garnered widespread recognition and she became renowned for her spiritual wisdom. Throughout her life, Catherine's divine inspiration flowed into her writings, dictating approximately 380 letters, 26 prayers, and the treaties known as the Dialogue. She shared her ecstatic experiences and profound insights into the knowledge of God and self. As the legend goes, Catherine retired to her chamber after a day marked by ceaseless, ceaseless acts of service and fervent prayer. The next mornings, when her maids went to wake her, they were shocked to not find Catherine, but to find a mound of ashes. Astonishingly, her hands clasped in a prayerful stance emerged unscathed from the inferno that had consumed the rest of her form. Amidst the charred remains, fragments of her skull and chin were just these three fingers, now blackened and motionless, reaching skyward. All that remained of her physical presence was now a powdery residue, leaving behind this otherworldly spectacle. Touching the ashes left a greasy and foul-smelling residue on one's hand, imbuing the scenes with an extra eerie aura. The miraculous preservation of her hands clasped in prayer will later be regarded as a testament to her saintly nature, inspiring countless believers to seek her intercession and recognize her extraordinary journey towards sainthood. I think the first one is the real one. You know me too well. It is. The first one is a real one. Uh, that one actually happened. So um, technically, Saint the second one, St. Catherine Siena, she is, as I always do, she is an actual real saint. She was a mystic. Um, you can go find her shit. But her, she did not burn alive. She's just a saint. Um, yeah. But I will say, for the first story, this is something... So, the the story comes out um, that was... I pulled that from a thing of mental floss, but it's from this other book that I meant to have in my show notes here, and you can find them. So you can find the actual author or the person who wrote that, but I don't remember. Um, but something that was said in the article. So, the old lady... So, this... The story came from a person who said it that was then translated by an Italian poet. And so most of the stuff in there was already like kind of shitty. And then it was like made like this Italian poet of that of that time, like made it even worse. But something yeah. that was said in that of the story of this woman who spontaneously you know, combusted. The old lady was used when she felt herself indisposed to bathe all her night with camphorated spirit of wine. And she did it perhaps that very night. So camphorated spirits is camphor and alcohol. And that was used to treat hmm. skin complaints like a tonic lotion. But is camphor and alcohol? Yeah. So, all right. So depending on where you put that on, she lights it. Like she really, they found this woman like and like her legs were like left unburned. So it's like you find this pile of ashes and just like the late, the legs of this lady. But she had covered herself in alcohol, but didn't rub it on her legs. That's why they didn't burn the rest of her bed. Anyways. So farmer, I'm sorry. That's just far more interesting than a bird. Was it fire chicken? Fire chicken. Yeah, I really, for the most part, it's just like, Bert catches on fire. It lives, like, did it live 500 years? I don't know. Did it live 1,000 years? Is it from Egypt? Is it from Greek? Like, oh, bird, fire. I like fox. 
they're pretty i love a phoenix like so uh like i think i mentioned before a best friend's a tattoo artist and so he is kind of known for doing cover-up work so when i was telling you about this like i was looking at the phoenix stuff he's like i have to do three phoenixes this week because that's like a very popular like cover-up tattoo and like which is also why at this point i was just like uh i'm gonna get a phoenix i'm rising from the ashes like as much as we all think like if you look at my hair hi i phoenix hair very much rising yeah, from the ashes hair. hair. But if someone's like, oh, you're like a phoenix. You're rising from the ashes of your life and your tragedy. I will punch you in the twat. Reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So that. we will go back from that terrible burning people to, yeah, to cast in a warehouse. Yeah, because Rachel has summoned Castiel to an industrial site. <laughs> to have a conversation and she's asking if it's true his dirty little secret and so as a viewer i am suspecting that she is asking if the accusation by fate in the last episode about the souls is what this what rachel's asking about but they never say for sure and he's like no 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 i just have to beat Raphael." and she's like well you're you know i don't like what you're turning into and then she attacks him <gasps> save a fight no so Ra- rachel and castiel are fighting and she's trying to stab him and he's forced to kill her he does and we get a good wing spread and i'm just telling you hey guys like if you have problems with your friends you don't have to stab them with an angel blade you can just kind of talk about your feelings yeah so he's crying so now Cass is crying and wounded yeah because you and- killed your friend you went too far Cass. yeah and we've got uh, Bobby's researching, and so Castiel has nowhere else to go to recover, so he shows up at Bobby's and uses his own blood to draw a sigil on the kitchen wall. And then Bobby... And that, but I like Bobby's yeah, comment right away. Is that what you're, is that what you're yeah. going for? Yeah. Bobby's first... He goes, are we running or fighting? And that's a true friend. Like, that, you know, I, I honestly expect if I drop into Diana's house, like, one day, that's exactly the thing that comes out of her are mouth. Are running or are we fighting? And yeah. that's just what we do. Like, okay, whatever. Like, I'm on board with What's you. What's next? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cast, Castiel's kind of collapsed. Uh, so, uh, we do get a balls from Bobby. Oh, that's important. So... Dean's back at the saloon and he's got his new outfit with a new duster on and he asks Elkins where the posse is because nobody fucking showed up for the fucking posse. Nobody likes good posse anymore. You say you Mm. do, but you don't. And also like we've got this wonderful like just like Sergio like whatever the old west person is. Um as I'm burping up on my wine, um, the, the old West inspired music that's playing right now. This is very spaghetti yeah. Western, like as he's going very. through, and it's so good. It is, and they're they're talking like Elkins, like no one wants to hunt a ghost, and they're like, well, he's like, well, where the fuck's the sheriff? And you hear someone outside yell, "Oh, sheriff's dead!" <laughs> so they go outside, and what do we have? But a pile of ash with some bones mixed in. <laughs> well, ash. shit. And a little, a little sheriff badge right on top. And Dean's like, who's the sheriff now? And Elkins picks him to the ash. He just picks up the start and he pins it on him. But I'm like, what about your Marshall badge? Like, is it just on top of the Marshall badge? Like, can you just collect all the badges? Is it like Fiesta medals? Maybe. Why not? So we cut to a cabin in the woods, kind of. And it is an older man at a desk writing. And we know that this is Samuel Colt. Because two guys show up looking for him. And they're fucking demons. And he tells them they've come to confront the wrong drunk. He hung it up already. He's too tired and old. And they're like, no, you need to open Devil's Gate. And he's like, no, you need to leave. And they don't. So he shoots them. Yeah, the I'm too old for this shit quickly turns into also ruining his whiskey. Yeah. You shouldn't shoot them through your whiskey. Save that shit. Mm-hmm. So uh, we find Dean has now gone to seek out one of the deputies that was the uh, involved in the hanging of Elias Finch. And he tries to do a, a howdy pilgrim. 
Yeah, it doesn't. No, 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 there is a knock on the door, and like on the outside of it, you hear somebody going, "Need a gram of mango," like, and, which is yeah. a Blazing Saddles reference, and is mm-hmm. one of my favorite Blazing Saddles. Need a gram of mango, because yeah, yeah. also I love mango. So, and that's when they greet him, and that's when they go to it. We can't, we can't discount that. Sorry for skipping a, a wonderful Blazing Saddles reference. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. The deputy's freaking the fuck out, right? He's, like, packing frantically, like, oh, yeah, I'm totally going to go, like, visit my sister or some shit. Oh, I'm, I definitely didn't mean to miss the posse meetup, ha, ha, ha. Uh, and Dean's like, nah, uh, I know that Finch was going after the judge, sheriff, and you. You're going to be fucking bait. But he says gank, and the guy does not know what gank means. No, and I appreciate that, because it's a terrible word. No. But he does understand what bait means. He does know that. Sam has managed to find Colt's cabin. And as soon as he walks in, he gets holy water thrown in him, which is just funny. That's always funny. It is. It's always funny. Uh, and so Sam's like, fuck it. I'm going to be honest. I'm a hunter from 2011. Uh, here's my Blackberry to prove it. <laughs> and Colt's kind of like, all right. He's just like really accepts this right off the bat. And he's like, yeah, a giant from the future with a magic brick, you know, doesn't give me the vapors when you've seen what I've seen, which is pretty funny. Yeah, I do. Like, I really love Samuel Colt. Like, he's yeah. giving me kind of this very nice Silver Fox vibes. And just in general, just like, I can handle my shit and like nothing is good. I, I appreciate people who are good in crisis. Yeah, he's very cool. Very cool. And Sam's like, hey, uh, I need you to help me kill a phoenix in like three hours. Uh, I know you do it because I've got this journal right here. And Colt's like, I'm either too drunk or not drunk enough, which is a reasonable response to something like this. Yeah. Also, fuck you, time travel. Because how can you have the journal and then have the journal? Why are there two journals now? It's very confusing. But Colt's like, "Mm, yeah, sorry. No, I'm retired. You don't believe everything that you read. Sorry, brah. But Sam's like, no, you're a hero. You can't retire. You have to kill the phoenix. We need the ashes. They're the only way to kill the monster. And then we have a very wonderful, like, rep, you know, dialogue back and forth. I mean, it's just like, it was like, fine. I was like, look, either I'm going or I need the gun. And then Colt is like, what gun? And Sam's like, the gun. Mm-hmm. And the Sam's Colt's like, oh, that gun? <laughs> it is good. It's like, oh, that gun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, Back at Bobby's, Castiel oh, okay, has woken up. So oh, we weren't done with that yet. I thought you had like you more than like, you know, I will go on this. All right. And so he's like, well, go that for guy. it. And then he's like, Samuel Colt's like, no, no, I lost it in a game of stud. And then Sam, like, also, like, I almost thought about, we almost had a Sam, Samuel, Samuel, because, like, there were so many Samuel Colts and Sammy and, like, with the last Samuel, yeah. like, there was too much. But um, anyway, so Samuel Colt tells him that I, he lost it in a game of stud. And Sam's like, you're lying. And Sam Samuel Colt's like, am I? That doesn't sound like me. And then Detective Sam's just like, oh, no, you killed a couple of demons with it less than an hour ago. I know because, like, there were sets of brute friends and this place reeks of sulfur. So he's, like, pulled out, like, his Sam, like, detective badge. He's like, I know. I know what you did, other Sam, you all. Correct. Yeah. And and I will say Colt tells Sam that the the gun is a curse. I'm doing you a favor. It is. It's and but it's kind of like it's very interesting, right? Like yeah. this whole like di- like this dialogue between them. Because like Colt's just like, you know, you're basically like you don't have enough like you're greenhorn. You don't have enough things. And Sam's just like, fuck you, motherfucker. Like, I think I know what I'm talking about. And I get this. Like, mm-hmm. being somebody who looks a lot younger than I, than I, like, I'm a middle-aged woman. And I still sometimes look way younger than I do. And people's just mm-hmm. like, oh, no. Like, you don't know what you're doing. And Sam's just like, oh, no, I went to hell, motherfucker. Right. Yeah. So... We cut to Bobby's where Castiel has waking is waking up and they've got one hour left. Cass is like, uh yeah, sorry, Bobby. I got betrayed. Raphael totally corrupted Rachel. Oops. So Cass Ooh. is lying to Bobby. That's not good. Lies. Lies. 
and that she's dead. And I just really needed some safety to recover, but I'm not better yet. That sigil on the wall is just to ward against other angels coming. And he's like, Bobby's like, uh, you got less than an hour to pick up the kids from Frontierland. So he's like, I can't mm, fight Dreamy too much. So Bobby's like, well, what the fuck do we do? How do we, do we need another halo? What do we do? And Cass is like, well, I need to touch it. He does. He needs to touch it. He does. Let me touch it. Touch it. Bobby's so. Oh, it's all fine. Yeah. I would. Sorry. If it just been Bobby's dick, that would have been so much better. Can you imagine? <laughs> just been like, no, nah, it's just a penis. And he's like, no, I thought you wanted my soul. No, nah, it's a penis. It's like, no, nah, I don't need that. Like, he's like, I have to do it gingerly or he'll explode. Yeah, that sounds like butt stuff to me. All right. And so Bobby's like, fine, just put it all in. And then we cut to the jail. <laughs> yeah. And we've got Dean's got our deputy locked in a cell by himself. And Dean's like watching the clock super close. Sam is fucking late and Dean is pissed. So he tries to start in the meantime asking this deputy, why is Finch after them? Uh, and and he, he won't tell. So whatever. Finch shows up. And guess who's ready to talk? <laughs> well, first, Dean does test him with, you know, a a nail and it burns him so now he's like oh yeah it's a common monster problem iron they can't get yeah. it up for iron uh hmm. so finch knows that dean's a hunter and um then he tells the story of why he's after the judge the sheriff and the deputy and it is all it is ugly story it is pretty much what every story in the Old West is, where you think, like, there's this, like, oh, this tragedy thing, and then you find out what really happened, and this it's Elias Finch and his wife are living outside of town, and mm -hmm. they went into town to get some supplies, he went away, Jeppy pinned his wife in an alley, Elias came up, mm -hmm. and basically Jeppy shot both of them, died in his arms, and they blamed the murder on him. Mm -hmm. The only person that witnessed it was the deputy, but the sheriff and the judge just believed him. Yep, yep, yep. I can say anything. All right, moving on. All mm -hmm. right, so um, what's next? What's next? What's get so, me out of authoritarian? Dean's asking the deputy. He's like, "Is this true?" He's like, "Uh, Dean's like, yeah, I could care." Dean tells the tells Finch that he could care less about the deputy. That guy's a dick and a coward. Thank you, Dean correct he is he is um but i also know what finch is so i've got to kill you so sorry but finch is like nah we're gonna we're gonna go for it and he shoots the deputy because he's like okay well i don't have to burn him i'm still gonna I, kill I, him i didn't she have does. to shoot the sheriff i'm gonna shoot the deputy uh because you left the deputy's gun hanging on his holster yes he did which is not oops wise. so dean dean has to dive out a window he does um, and then we have this fun shootout between them like boop, 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 boop. And who arrives but Sam Yay. with the cold? Yay! He's there. Uh, but back at uh, Bobby's, uh, timer's ticking down. And Bobby is sitting with Castiel asking um, <laughs> asking if he's sure. And Bobby's like, I can't leave the idiots abandoned in Deadwood. Which is more funny if you actually know that Jim Beaver was in Deadwood. So That is funny. So, uh, yes, he was like rolling his sleeve up. It's very, it is very weird. He's like, he's like rolling up his sleeve. He's like, nah, we're just going to get to it. I'm just going to, I'm going to touch you where you pee. Like, that's where I feel this is going. Yeah. So, um, back in sunrise, Dean calls out to Finch and oh, also, Sam's like, like, yeah, okay. Wait, so I know where we're at. Like, okay. Okay. okay yeah. All right. Go. Sam's like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, it's because Dean wants to go meet him out in the middle of the road. He wants to do his, live his old West dreams. If he's going to go out, he's going to go out super old West style, apparently. Yeah. So as we're cut, we, this is where we start doing our cut back and forth. And Bobby's got a leather belt in his mouth. This is a very weird scene, right? Yeah, that's what I was trying to like, figure out where you work. Is this was like, uh, so Dean calls Elias out and they square off in town while Bobby bites on a belt and Cass fists him as the clock counts down. That's what my notes say. So, mm -hmm. and then the shootout begins. 
Yeah, they're facing off, and then yeah, they sh- they just sh- they shoot. And Finch is shocked when he gets shot because he thinks he can't be killed. But we see the crazy electrical thingy effect, and then he burns up. It's hot as fuck, literally. <laughs> but what does Dean get to do? Blow on the end of that of that revolver and say yippee Kaye, mother and then we cut yeah we didn't get the fucker out of it and but they but also what's really sad though is like he's running towards the ashes because there's like oh shit the mm-hmm. phoenix the phoenix is burning and we have to go they start running towards yeah, so it sam and dean are running the clock tower's striking literally calling it the clock tower because the back to the future reference is so hardcore that diana is calling it the clock tower yeah yeah. So we got Cass has his hand in Bobby's chest. Count the timer's clowning counting down. The clock tower is striking. Sam and Dean are sliding in to get the ashes and with some big glass bottle. But right when they're approaching the ashes, they end up back in Bobby's house. No. no. And they are bummed. Dean's begging to go back. Sam's like, oh, he's, you know, he's like, no, you can tell Cassiel's there's no way he's fried. He can't do this. Well, and Cass and, is like, no, he's fried. He's just like, I never want to do that again. Like, he is traumatized by what he's done. The, well, he's traumatized by reaching his hand into Bobby's yeah, chest. Yeah, he was like, yes, fisting your friends sometimes tastes more out of you than you think. Like, you think it's going to be fine. But then once you fist your friends, you just can't go back. Can we call it like a, like a soul fist or something, just to be clear? Or is that worse? I don't know. Never mind. Okay. Um, so <laughs> there's, uh, yeah. Dean apologizes, um, to them about it, but then there's a knock at the door. Huh? So Sam goes to answer the door and it's a courier looking for Sam Winchester. And Sam's like, who's, who's asking? And this courier is like, oh yeah, we made a bet. Uh, this package has been laying around like since forever. It's says to deliver today from Samuel Colt. Oh, uh, Back to the Future. Then I, then I, uh, also, time so travel stupid. But Sam so in this world, out. we take it. Whatever. Sam opens the box. Yeah. And it's a wooden box. And they open that. And inside is a very beat up Blackberry. A note that says that they got the address and date off of the thingamajig. And a bottle full of the Phoenix Ashes. And then we get to end with some very great world wordplay because Bobby says that he did not get a solonoscopy for nothing. Mm-hmm. He didn't even get Dean's a twilight nap with. Yeah, he didn't get a twilight nap with that solonoscopy. Solonoscopy, but yes. And then we also get Dean. No take. The fight tower. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. All right. That was a fun one. Yeah. So. Uh, I do have some casting notes for us today. Mm-hmm. Casting couch. It's the casting couch. Were they on that show that time with that guy? La 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 la. Yeah. So we'll start off with Samuel Colt. Um, Samuel Colt was played by Sam Hennings. He's, his career goes back, obviously, to, like, the 80s. He's um, been a tons of single episodes of shows, including Legacy and shows, or single or just a couple episodes of certain shows, like Moonlighting, Walker, Texas Ranger, funny enough, Star Trek, funny no, enough, wait, 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 ER. Okay, just, when we say Walker, Texas Ranger, she means the uh, Chuck Norris, not the... Chuck Norris, correct. Yes. Star Trek, ER, Dollhouse, and CSI. He was also um, a, a regular character named Charlie Whitehead White on the TV show Memphis Beat. With Jason Lee, which I really liked. Anyways. Um, Elias Finch, a.k.a. our Phoenix, was played by Matthew John Armstrong. Uh, kind of like a little throwback thing. Not 90s. Not older. Super old. But uh, remember Celebrity Deathmatch? Love so, yeah, of course. Awesome. Uh, Matthew John Armstrong was Bill Maher on Celebrity Death. Nice, nice, nice. It was just a good. Um, so a lot of like single or just a couple episodes of shows, including House, CSI, Bones. Um, he was uh Pete Pryor in American Dreams. Um, Ted Sprague in Hero or yeah in Heroes, which is a regular role, 
And he was in a few episodes of American Horror Story as Detective Byers. Our Judge Mortimer was played by Scott Highlands. Uh, his career goes back to the late 60s. So he's been in a lot of things over the years, tons of appearances in television, um, a lot of just single or, or few handful of episodes. But you've got everything from Wonder Woman, The Waltons, um, I think at least two iterations of Kung Fu, but not the most recent. X-Files, Which Once also, Upon sadly, a Time. is permanently canceled. I know. Sad. Uh, Fargo, Winona Earp. Um, he was in... Um, a lot of 70s like war movies when there was a, just a lot of like Vietnam movies coming out. Um, he was Detective Taggart in the movie The Surrogate and he uh, played uh, Father Travis on V, which is a recurring role. And our sheriff was played by Dean Ray. Um, you'll recognize him from a lot of television shows as well Highlander, Viper, X Files, Smallville. Um, he also had some smaller roles in some movies, but some pretty large movies. Um, he was um, one of the skips in John Tucker Must Die. Uh, he played Larry in the movie Personal Effects. That was with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Ashton Kutcher, that film. Um, and then he played uh, Stan the Barfly in the movie Horns with Daniel Radcliffe. Then uh, Rachel, our, our, our mean angel, was played by Sonia Saloma. She was uh, Cynthia in the movie House of the Dead, Maya in the movie The Collector, um, or I'm sorry, a regular role in the TV show The Collector, excuse me. Um, she was uh, Linu in the Flash Gordon Modern Space Opera in 2007-2008, and she was Adrian's assistant in The Watchmen. Our deputy, the dick and a coward, if we recall, was played by Gordon Michael Woolvelt. He was, you would have seen him in, um, television episodes of like TNT, uh, Mr. T, yeah. um, Avonlea, um, Rinton Tin, the canine cop. And he was in a few episodes of iZombie. Uh, he was a regular character of, uh, of Seamus Harper in Andromeda. Uh, he was one of the soldiers in the movie Elvis meets Nixon. And he was David in the movie Bride of Chucky. We also have our 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 whore, Darla. <laughs> April Talek played this role. Um, you'd see her in a few episodes here and there of the new Adams Family, um, Outer Limits, the Crow television series, Aliens in America, a newer sitcom. Um, she was Mrs. Wilson in Freeway Two, Confessions of a Trick Baby. Freeways are like a, such an epic movie. But that anyways, I, oh my God. I've only seen parts of, of, only seen parts of Oh my God. There you go. Ooh. Yeah. She was uh, Nell, which is a regular character in Hell on Wheels. Um, and then she was uh, Goddess C in a movie called Earth Lickers. And uh, she's done her handful of, of holiday uh, Hallmark movies too. Elkins. Um, our barkeep was, uh, played by Frank C. Turner and Frank Turner. Uh, he had, I know, I know he actually, he has a pretty, a pretty epic okay, career, so honestly, a lot of in Frank with Frank Turner to still see if you're right. Yeah. Um, he was Dr. Shepard in the fly Two. He was oh, the sad sack Santa in the Disney movie, the Christmas star. Um, he was at, you would have seen him in episodes of 21 Jump Street, MacGyver, X-Files. He also was Al Marsh in It, like the old It, not the new It, like the miniseries It. So he was a uh, role in that. Uh, he was the van driver in Ernest Rides Again. Whenever I can make an Ernest reference, I no. will. Uh, he was, uh, he was in Look Who's Talking Now. He also had small roles in what appears to be almost every Airbud movie. Nice. So, um, so, and there's a lot of them. Uh, he was in the Mr. Magoo movie with Leslie Nielsen as Ralston. Uh, he was, had a small role as the impound man in 3000 miles to Graceland. Uh, in the movie 2012, he was a preacher and he, uh, 
more recent film, he was Crazy Carl in the newest um, Sonic the Hedgehog movie that just came out in 2020. There you go. So, yeah. There we there go. go. That's our casting cast this yeah. week. I told you it was yeah. a lot this yeah. week, but yeah. So, All right. well, there's, interesting cast for sure. Yeah, well, there was, and there was a lot of interesting, like, kind of roles. Character acting. Yeah. Well, yeah, character acting for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, uh, we, we took the week off in between because I wanted to get this episode, like, the time that it deserves. So, Diana, yeah. were you, so what were your feelings when you watched it? It was super fun. I will confess. So, first of all, as much as we both, like, I don't hate time travel as much as you do, but it does annoy right. me, right? Not because I don't like enjoy and like I re- I read my historical fiction that has some time travel and sometimes it's adorable and great and that's fine. But like sometimes it's just annoying because it's like too complicated. It it's too so complicated or it's a trope or it's, you know, like it's not worth it. Yeah. But they had too much fun with this, you could tell, which was awesome. And because then if they're having fun with it, you, you we have fun with it, right? And I think that's important. Um, it's a pretty like, not that these like super heavy, but like this is kind of serious. Like people die a lot on the show, and like well, and we're, also, fighting we're at shit. the end. Like this is episode eighteen of the season, yeah. so we're getting towards the end of shit, right? So we have to have something like lighthearted a little bit, and I love their weaving in of pop culture. It makes me very happy, and you know, the references. I will say I was f- about to get like I was gonna like throw my notebook and like walk away and not do any other notes if that they didn't get the ashes. I was so mad. I was like, "There's no fucking way. There's no fucking way." And but I kind of like, but you kind of, I was like. I wonder if he shipped them. Like you think about that because that it's not a, it, it, because all these other references have built up. You're like, are they going to do that too? So I was very pleased with that. Yeah. The fact that we, we went with the back to the future vibe of it. Like there was clearly yeah. like everything from the poncho to just like, it got kind of beaten to the dirt, but in a good way. I liked it. It was fun. I didn't, it didn't bother me at and all. Also, I think like we, as an audience, just enjoy watching Dean filled with joy, right? Like, he is... Well, and then you get a sense of familiarity when there's elements that you recognize. It's like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, and just also for me, like, I just want Dean to be happy. And this was like, oh, we get a chance for him. And then also, like, enjoy watching Dean's happiness be stripped away. Like, when he's just like, (laughs) oh, these are things that I really love. And he was like, oh, no, these are terrible things. The, the the saloon yeah. girl prostitute oddly enough is not not, not a sexy thing <laughs> things, things were a lot germier and smellier than he anticipated i, yeah. I yeah. Uh, you know as somebody who like lives in texas and has experienced old texas west it smells and that's like and we have modern plumbing yeah yeah on that note of it smells it, or is there anything else you would like to add no. I think it smells as how we end this. Cheers, Jerry. I agree. Cheers, bitch. Devil's Trap Podcast is a don't get it production. Devil's Trap Podcast is part of the Ship It Studios Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter at Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us at Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share with all your friends. We're at all your favorite podcast outlets and at devilstrappodcast.com. I'm Babe. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.